0: Greg Richard with you for a Tuesday morning and welcome to the studio from the University of Newcastle, Professor of Politics, Jim Joce. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Greg. Now, today we're looking at kind of the relationships between, I simplified it earlier, between courts and the government. Can you sort of... Yeah, I think there's been an interesting phenomenon going on over the past decade or so, and that's this sort of what we might call the drift towards empowering the executive of a political system um, in ways that can nobble the way in which both courts operate and the, the legislature operates. So we've seen um, globally, for example, um, in Hungary, the Orban um, um, government has basically subordinated, legislated to subordinate the highest court to the will of the parliament so that the parliament can override what the um, court might decide. Yep. Um, that's being challenged by um, the European um, Union because it goes against fundamental laws and um, uh, agreements. Um, Similarly, in Israel, the uh, Netanyahu um, government has done a similar thing, and that caused quite an outrage. There was huge demonstrations to try and turn that around, and I think that's now been tempered. But the idea was, again, to legislate to override whatever the highest court ruled on any constitutional issue. Um, in the US we're seeing a, a slightly different thing play out and as we know they've got checks and balances but at the present we're seeing a challenge being made by Donald Trump that he should be immune from prosecution that the presidency should be immune that would declaring that the presidency is immune from any form of prose- prosecution for criminal acts or alleged criminal acts basically removes it from the rule of law and puts it above it. Now. In Australia, and Argentina is another one where they've got a new president who's uh, an economics um, libertarian and he's basically wanting to scrap everything and um, override the parliament um, wherever possible. In Australia, we have a slightly different arrangement. Um, the executive in Australia is constitutionally the, the governor general in council which is the Governor-General, the Prime Minister, the Deputy Prime Minister and Senior Ministers, who basically are the engine room, as it were. But under the Westminster system, that executive, that council, is nominally answerable to the Parliament because the members of the council, bar the Governor-General, are all elected and hence are accountable um, to the Parliament. Great in principle, in practice, if you have the numbers, that is to say, if the government has the numbers in the lower house and is able to control the lower house, it's unlikely that uh, the parliament can in fact hold an errant minister or an errant prime minister for that matter. And we saw during the Morrison period, the period of the Morrison government, when Scott Morrison took upon uh, five portfolios um, without anyone knowing about it, technically he could have simply said to the governor general when they met in council that I am the council, Um, and you sit there and chair it constitutionally, the Governor-General chairs it. And we could have had a situation where the Governor-General in council was only meeting with one person, i.e. the Prime Minister, Um, contrary to the principles of Westminster and contrary to the principle of separating the power of the executive from the legislature, keeping them separate and separating them from the courts as well, so that even if somebody goes a little haywire on the executive and say a Prime Minister um, pushes through legislation that um, is uh, suspected of being um, unconstitutional, someone can then launch a case to the High Court, the High Court can then analyse it, reach a verdict and hand down, yes, that legislation is consistent with constitutional um, caveats or not. Um, And if it's not consistent... Then it's struck down, and the government is help, the executive is then held in check to some extent. So there's a little more uh, attempt to keep it balanced. But you know, in the U.S., for example, the checks and balances between the Supreme Court, the legislature, the two houses of Congress, and the presidency, there's always been a tussle. There's always been, and it's it's the same in Australia. Yep. There's always tension between the executive, the parliament and the, um, uh, the court or the high court, but the tension is a necessary tension. The worrying trend, as I said at the beginning, is that there are um, polities around the globe that are moving further away from keeping the executive accountable. It's one of the major principles of a democratic system that the executive is accountable in some way to the parliament, whether it be in Australia or the UK through the fact that the executive is drawn from the parliament or in the US where the executive can, works within a constitutional framework where the presidency, the office of the presidency, and all of the um, cabinet ministers within that, um, under that umbrella all work within a constitutional framework which they're sworn to uphold. Um, some of that, as we've seen, has gone more and has been honoured more in the breach, um, but hopefully cooler heads will prevail at a certain point and the Supreme Court will recognise the necessity of keeping the presidency um, within the bounds of constitutional okay. law rather than exempting it. But it's, a, it's one of those worrying things that when the, an executive in a parliamentary system becomes more powerful than the system itself, then what we might regard as a democratic system is no longer democratic, it's democratic in name only. Um, and maybe I'm being overly pessimistic here, but what's played out in a number of countries um, by you know, governments and the executives of those governments wanting to subordinate the judicial system in such a way that it can't, um, override um, a piece of legislation that turns out to be unconstitutional or um, goes against fundamental human rights values and so forth. So um, I guess it's something to to be thinking about. And although Australia is sort of, in some senses, uh, not too far down that path, as I said, we weren't too far away from it when we had a Prime Minister who um, took on roles secretly that belong to um, elected members of, of the Cabinet and, or appointed members of the Cabinet. So it's not too far from um, the bounds of possibility that somebody could become a little rogue um, and uh, undermine the democratic foundations. And we also have to remember, of course, that the Governor-General is not an elected post. It's a Crown post. It's an office of the Crown and... Although the governor general personally is not above the law, the crown is, in, in the sense that um, the law is in the name of the crown. Um, so, so there's in this the, in ambiguity. The so what you're saying is, we need courts, high courts, we need most definitely, and independent high courts. All right, Jim Jones. Thank you very much. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks. My pleasure, Greg. Thank you.